Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. And you know, normally there, there are three microphones in the recording uh, room here, and normally we only occupy two, but we actually have a third person in the studio with us. Uh, Allison, would you like to introduce him? Yeah. Uh, to my left, sitting to my left, is um, a special gentleman uh, who agreed to join us, and his name is Stanley. Yeah, Flat, flat Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. Perhaps you all are acquainted with Flat Stanley. Maybe you've taken him on some travels of yours. There's a big sort of movement with Flat Stanley and getting him to see the world. Yeah, it's uh it's a, like actually a, a literacy thing. Um so if you have kids or you know there're kids somewhere in your family, then there's a good chance Flat Stanley has pl- paid a uh, a visit to your home perhaps in an envelope. Um now, do you remember reading about Flat Stanley as a kid? You you said you hadn't read the books. I had not. Like, I, I had never heard of Flat Stanley until, like, suddenly my mom, who's a kindergarten teacher, started talking about Flat Stanley. And I'm like, oh. And then, then uh, niece and nephew, suddenly they have Flat Stanley come into our house, you know, to, to hang out. And, uh, yeah, apparently it's a big deal to, deal now. It's um, the uh, brainchild of, well, it's based on a book by Jeff Brown. And then this guy, uh, Dale Hubert, started, uh, who's a... Uh, grade three teacher in London, Ontario started this whole, uh, take flat Stanley on adventures with you thing. And it's a huge deal. I love the books. I remember reading them as a kid and, um, he does some cool things that, you know, being flat allow him to do. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, I think in one of the adventures he has, he is able to go down into a sewer grate and pick up some shiny ring that somebody dropped. And, um, I think he, he'd do all sorts of other stuff, like squeeze between doors. Mm-hmm because of his nice flatness and probably under window jams and stuff like that. But I do remember he uh, he can go into the sewer grate, I, I believe. Whoa. It was cool. I mean, maybe not. He gets a little dirty. Yeah. But kids should, probably shouldn't, like, send him down the sewer too often on these. But you know adventures. they are. Yeah. but, then, but that's, Kids love to go in yeah. sewers. I I'm, guess it makes for a cool story. That's the thing, because then they write about it in their journal. It's like, here's what Flat Stanley did today. And then yeah. they turn that into their uh, their teacher, right? Right. Yeah. So today we're going to take Flat Stanley on a journey uh, across the dimensions. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in a 3D world. He lives in a 2D world. So, you know. Yeah, we thought we'd use Stanley to illustrate uh, the concepts of the dimensions as we know them and some dimensions that string theorists propose out there. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's back it up then. Let's get down to the, uh, one the, dimensional the very world. basic one-dimensional world. So picture Flat Stanley for a second in your head. And and Flat Stanley, if you if you've never seen him before and you you're not looking him up on a computer right now, he's this guy on a sheet of paper and you cut him out. He's like a little cartoon guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. In this picture, he has a, a nice tie on with polka dots and a a white button down shirt, some slacks. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? I just call them slacks. I feel like my mom sings slacks. Yeah, slacks. And uh, yeah, just a regular looking dude, maybe yeah. middle aged, maybe thirties. Yeah. So Flat Stanley, as we have him, is two D. Yeah, so we need to get him down to 1D. We do. How are we going to do that? Well, basically, right now, he has no depth, all right? He just has length and width. Right. So we need to break that down to just length. Yeah. All right. So Let's shrink him down to a particle. Yeah, basically, it would just be one single point. And the universe that he would live in would be a single line. Yeah. So the universe is a line, and Stanley is a point on that line. Is a point on that line. And he's moving. He right. can only move backward. He can move backward forward. and forward, right? Say that this line is 10 inches long. You only need one number 
to tell me exactly where Stanley is at any given moment. Right. Five inches, there's Stanley. There's no other number needed. It's pretty boring. Yeah, it's like if, if Stanley were hanging out on that line with another uh, particle being, you know, he would be like, hey, dude, where do you want to meet for lunch? And they're like, uh, let's meet at six. And that's <laughs> all you would need because there's no there's no other dimension but that. So let's take Stanley to his current um, his current shape, which is 2D. Yeah. Let's work up to two dimensions. 2D world, you're looking at uh, length and width. Right. Um, the the uh, the example I love to use with this one is Battleship. Is Battleship because Battleship is a game where to to pinpoint any position and therefore you know injure the other person's uh, battleships and submarines, etc. Sink them. You sunk sink, my sink battleship. Them, injure them. They're not organic. That would be kind of cool. I guess they'd have to be like whales and stuff. Uh, you sunk my whale. It just yeah. doesn't have the right rank. <laughs> no, the, the whale war guys would be really upset about that one. Um, so no, in battleship, if you wanna you wanna hit a point, you just need those two numbers. Right. So it's like a set of uh, coordinates. Yeah, it's like uh, E five. So you have you line up E, you line up five, and you connect those two lines. Um, and bang! Oh, yeah, you yeah. have you have the location of that object in a two D world. Yeah, it's kind of like. If you, if, you know, it's kind, it's kind of like on a city map, you know, it's like if you were going to meet somebody for lunch and you're like, hey, dude, where do you want to meet for lunch? They might say at the corner of, you know, first peach tree and, and Piedmont, pe- yeah, for example, peach tree and Piedmont. There you go. Um, Which peach tree? Well, that's we'll a whole nother that. issue. <laughs> uh, Atlanta planning kind of messes with our uh, ability to, to use a, a proper uh, metaphor here. But, but yeah, it's like the corner of two streets, two coordinates in a 2D world. You only need two numbers to pinpoint exactly where you are in any given time. Yeah. So that's two dimensions. Exactly. I think you guys are all with us. We're yeah. certainly we're certainly still there. So let's take it to 3D. Let's move on up. Yeah. 3D world. That's where we are now. So you have... Um, flat Stanley all of a sudden. Maybe we need to give Flat Stanley a little girth. Maybe he's not flat anymore. Yeah. Maybe he becomes Fat Stanley? Fat Stanley, I would think, yeah. Or, or Rotund Stanley? Yeah. Yeah. For Flat Stanley to really be a 3D being, he would need all three dimensions. He needs a little girth. He needs maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, some some muscle mass and some protrusions. Exactly. Some appendages. Yeah. So now some we're stand up hair. Yeah. Now we're dealing with with length, width, and depth. Right. Uh, in depth, you can also uh, swap that out for altitude. Sure. Uh, because, uh, like, let's go back to battleship. All right. There's a submarine in battleship. Yep. But in the game, the submarine is always on the surface because you only have those two coordinates. In, in reality, of course, the submarine goes to varying depths. Right. So there's actually an advanced version of Battleship in which the uh, the game platform rises and falls and you have to do it like that. Have you ever heard of that? No, I didn't know that. Okay. No, there so isn't. That, so I'm, that would, I'm totally lying. Oh, okay. oh wow. You, you got me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, at, at any rate, to sink a real submarine, you would need... Three, it's latitude and it's longitude, yeah, right? Yeah, three coordinates. Yeah, latitude, longitude, and... Depth. Depth. So it's like, uh, you know, it would be like E... Uh, five plus, uh, you know, plus however deep it was in the ocean. Likewise, if you're meeting, uh, somebody for lunch and the building happens to be 10 stories tall. Right. You'd be like, meet me at the corner of, what was the address? Yeah, uh, Peachtree and Piedmont, of course. Peachtree and Piedmont. Um, the restaurant is on the fifth floor, right? Yeah. So yeah, at any given point in our world, three numbers will tell you where exactly you can be found. Yeah, the three spatial dimensions right. all work nicely for helping you find your lunch date. Right. Definitely. Of course, we're talking about lunch, right? So we have to set some sort of time. Right. Yeah, don't show up. If you show up for lunch at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you're like, dude, where are you? And then you say, 
uh, when, when we were going to have lunch. We were going to have lunch at noon at lunchtime, and you're late. That's where we end this up. This is more with like the, a uh, tea. Yeah, yeah. This is your, you know, of course we're not going to line up if you're showing up at different times. And that's uh, where we, uh, where time enters the equation here. Sometimes time is referred to as the fourth dimension, but, uh, physicists who are really dealing with, uh, with the idea of multiple dimensions, they often refer to it like this. We have three spatial dimensions, as in space, and one dimension of time. Right. So in that, you need four numbers to successfully pull off a lunch date. You need to know uh, uh, latitude, longitude, altitude, and when that is taking place. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think everybody's got that so far, so let's get a little crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about the possibility of a fourth spatial dimension. And at this point, Flat Stanley's just... He's, he's, he's just blanking out because this is, <laughs> Stanley's taking a nap. Yeah. After lunch. Cause you think it's complicated for us to talk about four dimensions. I mean, this dude's only two. So. Well, right. So let's, let's take him. Let's take him with us for the ride. Okay. Right. So we've given him girth in mm-hmm. our 3D world. Now he knows what time is. So he's not going to be late for a lunch date. Mm-hmm. Now let's take him into our fourth spatial dimension and, and let's talk about how that originated. Okay. So yeah. Now again, this is something our brains can't really perceive. Okay. But there's some good analogies there's that we good can analogies. draw. And- yeah, we can draw on analogies and we can discuss why we think about it. But don't feel bad if you cannot picture the fourth dimension because that's your brain. You know, um, 1919, you had a, a mathematician by the name of Theodore Kaluza. And he uh, I may be I may be I may be putting more um, uh, fun into that last name than there actually is. But anyway, uh, he theorized that a fourth spatial dimension might link general relativity and electromagnetic theory. Okay, that didn't actually work out, but still, he gave us a lot of thought. Um, where would that fourth spatial dimension go, right? Uh, theoretical physicist Oscar Klein, he worked on the theory a little more. and he Did a little pro- revision, did a little tinkering. Yeah, and he proposed that the fourth di- spatial dimension was merely curled up, while the other three spatial dimensions are extended. Okay, and at this point, let me interrupt. Um, I was watching The Elegant Universe recently, just to mm-hmm. get a little backing, and it is really an awesome program that... Uh, Brian Green does from Columbia University and explains really some good stuff on string theory and dimensions. Mm-hmm. And he's suggesting that there's really a helpful way to think about dimensions. Um, and we think about kind of unfurled or stretched out dimensions. And these are your length and your height and your altitude. And then tiny, uh, like tape measure type dimensions curled up. Right. So there's furled and unfurled. Yeah, I kind of like to think of, you ever seen like a cartoon where they have like that little, like they take a, what looks like a black hole. It's like a 2D thing and they like slap it on the wall and suddenly they can reach inside. Or or like uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, you could get like a um, a little pouch that had limitless capacity. Okay. Like you could reach your whole arm into this tiny little pouch. Oh, that's you know, it's, cool. It's like the idea that the, the space is there, but it's like folded. It's, it's yes. like, yeah. Tape dimension tape dispenser dimensions. Right. So we're talking about this fourth spatial dimension as being um, curled up and located at every point in space. Yeah. So it's like every point in space has like this extra layer that's just completely folded up inside it. Okay. Let's give a visual to this. Let's think about um, like a telephone pole or, or a cable that's across the street. Okay. And you're looking at it kind of far away. So right. really to you, you can only perceive its... Um, it's length right. rising up into the sky. Mm-hmm. But then you, you you walk a little closer. You're curious about this cable. 
and you you can see you can perceive its um, its dimensions because all of a sudden you can tell it's circular. Right. So yeah. you can kind of move uh, Flat Stanley along the cable if you so desire, or you can move Flat Stanley now around the cable. Okay. So if you carry that uh, image with you to the fourth dimension, think about that point in space, and then every point in space as having uh, a circular dimension that you can traverse. Yeah, it's um. Like, to go back to the building, like, one way I was thinking about this. All right, we're meeting our lunch date, right? Right. And it's, uh, we need the longitude, we need the latitude, and then we need, know, need to know what floor it's on, okay? Right. Just dealing with spatial here. Yep. Don't worry about time. Now, imagine you get to that, uh, the third floor of that building for that, uh, that, for the lunch date, and then you look around and you're like, whoa, there are multiple businesses on this level. Which, <laughs> which door do I go to, right? Yeah. It's like the closer you get, there's there's something there's another level of complexity right? right and 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 so the the fourth dimension is yeah it's rolled up inside this other one it's an it's another place that something could hide away in right 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 yeah i mean that's the that's the thing about science and physics and uh particularly string theory is that the deeper you look the more complexity is going to arise it's mm-hmm. just kind of mind-boggling to be it is it, it, it is it is very mind-boggling so again don't feel bad if you're your head spinning a little bit here. Okay, so but let's take it down to that point in space. Okay. And now we have the little circle at that point. So that's mm-hmm. our fourth curled up spatial dimension. Well, now we're going to make that little circle and we're going to make it a little crazier shape. We're going to form it into a um a six-dimensional shape called a Calabi Yao shape. Yeah, and this is uh this is a crazy looking. <laughs> it really shape. is. It uh it's um it kind of looks like a like some sort of a like a nautilus uh, shell or something and kind of like um, an Escher painting, you know, it's like all you, sorts of curving. Yeah, you also use the analogy of a, a Star Trek holiday ornament in your article. Yeah, which it, it, really it, it looks very space age and uh, and awesome. And so, yeah, imagine that, like each, if you can, so, sort of imagine that each point in space has curled up inside it a six dimensional object. Then, then you can begin to, to see it. So it's kind of like you get to, uh, you get to that level of the building where you're hoping to find a restaurant, and you find like eight restaurants. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, and we should mention that this need for all the dimensions was somewhat born out of string theory and called for out of string theory, although Kaluza and Clymer really before string theory got its groove on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in the in the second half of the twentieth century. Um they were the ones who really called for all those extra dimensions and really needed them yeah, to Yeah, they they weren't just saying, Hey, how many dimensions could we possibly come up with? Six sound good guys? No. They they needed a universe with this many dimensions for the math to to work. Yeah, essentially. And then if you if you go on to ten dimensions, well, why not eleven dimensions? Because surely you've heard that. Well, hey, it's not ten dimensions; it's eleven dimensions, guys. You know, Robert Nelson, what are you thinking? Well, sure, yes, there yeah. is, in fact, um, M theory. M theory. And that's uh, yeah, that's eleven dimensions. And that what the M stands for mother or sometimes or the M stands for all sorts of stuff. <laughs> uh you can take it from mother or you you can also take it from membrane. And if we if we go with membrane, then what that's referring to is uh at the heart of string theory are of course strings. And strings being these tiny one dimensional uh strings. Like if you think about an atom as being kind of the smallest thing you can imagine, mm-hmm. a string um if an atom is the size of a solar system, to borrow an analogy from Elegant Universe, a string would be uh, as large as a tree. Wow. Right. So these very, very tiny vibrating strings that are at the, the core of everything, of all matter, and they vibrate. And these one-dimensional strings, their vibration are what gives matter its unique properties, its charge, its all... 
It's yeah, being. Yeah, basically they build their entire model of the universe or, or are continuing to try and build an entire model of the universe that, that flows out of this idea of tiny, 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 tiny strings. Right. So the problem with string theory is that, of course, it's crazy complicated, but there are rival string theories going on. There are as many as five string theories, mm-hmm. one of which proposed 26 different dimensions. Oh, now that's just ridiculous. I mean, so if you think we're getting crazy talking about 10 or 11 dimensions, just put out there 26 dimensions. They're so high maintenance. What's it like to date one of these guys? <laughs> or gals? So, so the idea of uh, M theory was to unite uh, all these rival uh, string theories under under M theory mm-hmm. and uh, the 11th dimension. So it's kind of crazy. We, we can do a separate podcast on the 11th dimension if you guys are so interested. Although, of course, it may require a little prep on our part. Yeah, I can't even imagine the Stanley we'd have to bring in for that, like... Though, uh, though it's worth pointing out that, um, F theory is looking, which, uh, stands for either father or flat Stanley. No, just, father, <laughs> just stands for father. Uh, like F theory is another, uh, string theory, uh, spinoff that's like involving 12. And they're thinking there'll be more, like, you know, when what, when what stop? Right. So the more research you do into dimensions, the more it does kind of seem as though, when will the the number of dimensions stop? I mean, eleven seems like a good number, but here again we have um, F theory. I mean, who knows how? Yeah, it's ultimately however many dimensions they need to make the, the theory work. Right. So there you have it. We have your uh, three spatial dimensions that yep. you guys know mm-hmm. and love. Right. Uh, plus the six spatial dimensions that are all curled up in those crazy kalabi yao. Uh, shapes that are at every point in space, plus time. So we bring to you 10 dimensions. Yeah. There you go. Flat Stanley, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, man, he looks glazed over. I I think he has kind of like a little half smile and his arms are outstretched. It seems like he wants to hug us after (laughs) that uh, that podcast on dimensions. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes string theory makes you feel like you need a hug, for sure. (laughs) So do you have any listener mail? I do. Uh, I have a cool listener mail I just got today. Um, this comes from Daniel, and uh, he writes, Hello, Allison and Robert. Uh, this is an ancient Zen story. Quote, oh, do share. Allow me to help you, and you'll surely drown, said the monkey to the fish, placing it safely up a tree. End quote. So, and then he asks, is it is it altruism if you try to help a fish without understanding the nature of the fish and end up killing the fish instead? Because in the story, the monkey's like, whoa, that fish is going to drown. I'm going to put it in a tree, and now it'll be fine. So anyway, he says something to ponder, Daniel. So. Right. So Daniel, of course, is referencing our podcast on altruism in the animal kingdom and mm-hmm. altruism in bacteria and that whole discovery. Yeah, yeah. And so I like that story. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's worth thinking about. Yeah, altruism, it, it's kind of uh, like where you're coming from, you know? It's like, uh, and oftentimes... Uh, you know, the best intentions sometimes uh, wind up uh, with horrible consequences. So. <laughs> what a bright note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that that wasn't really Daniel's intention. It was more just like sort of Zen, you know, yeah. contemplation and not, uh, wow, we do sure do mess up things up sometimes as a uh, species. But. So if you guys want to share a Zen story with us or your thoughts on altruism or, of course, the dimensions that we covered today, do yeah. send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Or, or stuff about Flat Stanley. I'm always to, especially if Flat Stanley yes, has Flat any... Stanley pictures. I would love to see some Flat Stanley oh, yeah. pictures. Well, especially if it at all relates to science, that would be pretty rad. Or, yeah. or if it relates to one of our topics, I would love to see. Flat I wonder Stanley. if somebody's taken, the, uh, taken Flat Stanley to the LHC. I bet he's been there. 
Probably so. Or it would be pretty easy for him to infiltrate just about anywhere. You know, you could just mail him to places that actual flesh and blood humans could never get to. Right. He has amazing access. Flat Stanley is a spy, is a super spy. Like you can get him to heads of state, to celebrities, you know. Hmm. This guy, this guy has has ends. Yeah, so like we said, if you want to share Flat Stanley's adventures or talk about science in general, send us an email, sciencedef at howstuffworks.com, or check out Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, on Facebook as Stuff from the Science Lab, and you can find us on Twitter, uh, where we are Lab Stuff, and we try and keep that uh, updated uh, pretty regularly with all sorts of cool stuff. All right, guys, thanks for listening. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.